You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. This is Dre with Brothers United Leadership Development. We're here with our Bill Black Wealth podcast, and I'm joined with the beautiful and lovely Michelle Lang Raymond of Axe on Stage. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Good to be here. I'm glad you could join Thanks us. Thanks for the invite. Yes, for sure. So we're going to jump right into these questions. This is going to be a conversation. You know, relax. I'm chill. It's all community. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. So tell us a little bit about yourself and the industry that, that you're in and the background, you know, a little bit of background of how you got into that. Yeah, sure. So um, I guess I'm here as as a co-founder and representative of Axon Stage Theater. Um, it opened in 2020. And so that's the that's the industry that I found myself in now, the performing arts, the creative arts. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm making my home. It's a beautiful thing. That's what's up. So did you always want to be in in theater? You know, so as so if you look at the timeline of my jobs in my life, then I then somebody would say, well, no, you know, because at some point theater became the thing. But for a long time, um, you wouldn't you wouldn't have seen that on my resume. But I think if you really sort of swim deeper into the into the line into the 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 words and the and the descriptions of the jobs that I've had over my life I think you would see that the arts the performing arts the creative arts were always a part of what what I was passionate about right and I think um so so to some degree it's always been like what woke me up and what made me want to do like any job I've ever had I always looked for how it could be done more artistically. And so I think to some degree, yes. Uh, when I was grow, I grew up, I grew up in the South. Um, and you know, I'm part of one of the Mississippi families where you would have a backyard and um, you know, all the cousins would go out to the backyard and put on talent shows for the older people. Right. So I feel like to some degree, the the value of the arts was like like literally in my culture, in my family's culture, right? And then um, we moved up to New Jersey and New York, and my mom used to take me to see shows on Broadway. And I remember, like, I saw the original Wiz and the original For Color Girls, and I saw the Jacksons, right, in New York, and I saw Miriam Makiba in New York. And, um, and I just remember being in those spaces as a little kid, just being engrossed in the artistry, right? And the beauty of it, the magic of it, they call it theater magic or show magic. I just remember being taken by the by the magic, not just of what like was happening on the stage, um, but what was happening in the audience, right? Like for this hour or two, this idea that people felt some kind of unification or synergy or energy that that made us all better and that something that the artist produced could create that in people could create that kind of community in people. Um, I, I, I do think that I was gripped by that as a kid. Like as a kid, I thought, wow, how do they do that? And and I always want to see that happening in the world. So so on one hand, so, you know, everybody, I think all of us, and you know, while we're in college or whatever, we, you know, you're, you're blessed if in your young adult age, you get to start working in the field that is your passion. But I think most of us probably take journeys that are a little off the path. 
um, while you find while you find that path. So well, it sounds like you went down a path from home and then ended up back home. Like this is really who you are yeah. at your core. What what I'm hearing is yeah. really about the community and really how you were it was ingrained in you. And, yep. and you talked a little bit about our next question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Uh, what is your motivation to continue the work that you do and like? Who or what do you do it for? Yeah. One of the, um, I, there's a, I think I have a couple answers uh, for that. I think um, one of the values of Acts on Stage is that uh, we believe the arts are divine, right? We believe the arts are a divine gift from God um, that are not utilized as much as they should. And one of the reasons why they should be utilized is because they just allow us to process life from a different filter from a different way. Like we get, especially as adults, we sort of get in ways that we just think about life and we think about life in terms of facts and figures, right? And so how we feel gets set aside or how we process things get set aside, even though how we feel about things is just as valid as those facts and figures, right? And so one of the reasons, one of the motivations I have for the arts is because I know um, that it creates um, awareness, mindfulness, thoughtfulness that you just can't get anywhere else. And um, I think it, I think people who are active in the arts, um, I don't know. I feel like they are just more in touch with the human experience maybe than some. And that, I don't, that doesn't mean that they have to be an artist all the time. I just think when we engage the arts, something about it helps us touch the human experience more. So one, that's one of my motivations. I just think the arts are divine in a way that nothing else is in the world. So that's motivating. I think um, what the arts do to audiences um, is another one of my motivations. And what we get to do, particularly at Acts on Stage, what we get to do in the life of artists um, is part of my motivation. We just had... We just closed a show with Tia and Nache. It was right? beautiful. Spoken. Thank the you. The crew Thank came you. out. That was beautiful. The brothers came out. Um, we just closed a show with Tia. And night after night after night, um, we saw how her show impacted the audience. Right? Night, we have a signature at Acts on Stage where we close every show where the director comes out um, and speaks to the audience. And so the director of the show, our, our artistic director, is Isaiah Anderson Jr. And he comes out and he brought Tia out. And he just has a little chop it up with the with the audience. And night after night after night, people talked about just how they were touched and how they were healed right. and how they were transformed, right? So that's a huge reason why we do it. Like what it the 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 potential for what it can do for the audience. Now what the audience didn't see, they saw it because of the show, but what the audience didn't see, which is a, another motivation for me, is how that journey of creating that show impacted Tia. Right. Right. And so um, for two months, um, a little even over two months, um, Tia, as an artist, essentially workshopped her show um, with Isaiah, with me, um, with her family, probably, where for two months she had to spend time really thinking about how do I create something that is valuable and meaningful. And she always she Isaiah will tell you, she she always said that she wanted her show to have healing. Right. Right. And so that doesn't happen by accident, right. right? The artist has to go through a process. The artist has to do that work for that to happen. And so one of my other deeper motivations is knowing when artists really do that work, they really become, um, um, they really become purveyors, I think, of, of healing or challenge or awakening in a way 
um, again, that no other art form, that no other form of, of delivery can do. And so I think those are, you know, that's, you know, I'm a girl, so I have a lot of words, right? <laughs> those are the ways, I, those are some of the ways that I would say I'm motivated every day by this work, just the divinity of it, the way it impacts audiences and the way that it um, journeys artists. Yes, yeah, dope. The show was dope, definitely touching and healing for everybody, I think, who attended. You know, I was able to hear the talk back and been at other shows. And I think that's a signature, you know, that really where you guys are creating community, yeah. not just come get the show and we'll PC you later. Yep. It's you guys are actually engaging people in, in community conversations. And so that is a huge thing for us, right? We didn't want, we want to move audiences from being consumers right. to being contributors. We want audiences to feel like they are participating in an experience, not just consuming it. I think somewhere in society, you know, recent years, 20, 30 years, um, audiences of all kinds have just kind of become consumers, especially right. theater, because there is sort of this way where the stage is there and the audience is here. And so the audience sits there and just consumes, unlike concerts, where a lot of times the audience is sort of wrapped, sort of wrapped around the stage. Right. And it's, you know, you feel like the community of it. Well, at theater, you have to create that in different ways. And so for us, that that after show conversation um, is honestly a part of the reason why, why we do it. Right. Right. We want it. We want community to be at the heart of what we're doing. Dope. So can you describe your journey? You talked about different, you know, just with your family, you talked about your education, mm -hmm. you talked about the other jobs you've had. Like, can you talk about your journey, journey towards success and what has been some of the biggest lessons that you've learned yeah. in that journey? Did I talk about my education? Did well, you talked about just like going to school and different okay. stuff. I mean, you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't drill into it, but, I, you know, I picked up that you were talking about your education. Yeah, and I say that because honestly, based on my education and, and um, Isaiah, who's again, our, our artistic director, neither of us should have this job or this theater. Neither of us have, have formally right. right gone to school for this. But um, again, the education of of pursuing our passion in it. I think is what has qualified us for these for these positions and these roles. Um, so, so what was your question? I barely graduated high school, so you ain't got to explain to me. <laughs> well, so. I only say I say that honestly. I hope I say that as an inspiration. Well, part to of education is just your journey as well. I, the way I look at it is like you talked about how you how you could connect the dots from the work that you were doing yeah. and how you always centered what your passion is. So mm -hmm. I would look at that as, as part of your education. So my question was, what are some of the, your journeys towards success? Like yeah. what is, talk, talk a little bit about that. And then uh, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned through that journey? Yeah. Um, so the journey towards, so I think one of the things I feel like I have done well by, by accident or on purpose is no matter what job I had or had to have, right. Um, I stayed close to my passion for this, right? And a lot of time, and that can't, that's not everybody's story. Right. And, and some, for some people doing that is harder than others, right? But even if I had a job, just, I remember one time I had a job uh, at a um, appraisal company, like a, 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 you know, property appraisal. I don't even know what it was. Right. That's how much I didn't care. Um, <laughs> but it was a job where they just appraise houses, right? right? And my, this is real talk. My job was to take the pictures that the appraisers will go take of properties and make photocopies of the pictures. Right. So I just need you to like really process that, right? Take photocopies of pictures. That was my whole job. Right. And when I wasn't making photocopies of pictures, I was just answering phones and, you know, being a switchboard. Right. And I would take those um, copies. I would take those pictures 
and I would write story. When I would give them back to the appraiser, I would have written the story um, on, on the bottom of some of those copy sheets, right? Or I would take the pictures and I would frame them in different ways. I was just a little bit more creative. And I don't know if that got on people's nerves or not. I don't know if they liked that or not, right. but I had to do that for myself right. because I knew deep down I was an artist. And, you know, I, I was raised a lot of times in the black church a lot, for a lot of part of my life. I was raised in black church. And so I didn't know to call myself an artist or creative for a long time, because for a long time, anytime that they would introduce me in church, they would say, well, here comes Michelle in her special way. And I was like, I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know what that means. Like in her special way feels like calling somebody interesting. Right. Right. And it's like, I don't know if that's good or bad, but whatever it was, I knew that I needed to um, put meaning to things. Right. And, and that's what it is to be an artist and to be a creative. And so even in jobs like the appraisal photocopier job, I found ways to just try to, um, I don't know, exercise, right? right? That part of who I am. And so I feel like that's, that was, that's always been a huge part of, of how I've, you know, sought, not sought, but lived out my life is like, even if I don't get to be all that I want to be, how can I always be exercising that part of myself that I know I am? Well, in Seattle, we got a saying is you can't stop the rain, right? You can't, it's the rain's coming. It's coming. Yeah, like, so. and, it, and that is, that's a hunt. No, that's such a good, that's such a good um, way to say that because that's true. You can't, you can't shut that off. Right. And I think a lot of times people um, who find themselves wanting to do something or be something and maybe it doesn't pay the bills the way they want right. it to. And they want to like lay it aside. But the truth is you can't like you do got to pay the bills and you got to take care of your family and take care of yourself. But if there's something in you that will not cease, um, then rather than constantly try to suffocate it every day, right. let it live. Right. Find a way for it to breathe. Find a way for it to grow. Find a way for it to have life um, because it'll be life giving to you. Um, and so I just think that's just. You know, I wish I don't know if somebody if I had somebody say that to me early in my life. I think I did, actually. Maybe not in those words, but I think somewhere I knew um, that 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 you have to let that part of yourself live. Yeah. And that's hard. when You're dealing with capitalism to, you know, because you got bills to pay and it's yeah, it's it's difficult. And you're trying to fit into whatever system you're in to try to thrive in there to yeah. not to not feed. So I guess that's a great life. That's a great lesson towards yeah. success is actually to make sure you're not shutting off who you are. And with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with the lovely Michelle Lang Raymond here in a second. Get informed about your rights as an employee working in the city of Seattle. Check out Build's labor law information at www.build206.com forward slash labor standards today. Welcome back to the Bill Black Wealth Podcast. We are here with the lovely Michelle Lang Raymond from Axe on Stage. I, we didn't, I don't think I said this already, but we also part of our Bill Black Wealth Incubator Program. We invested $1,000 in 20 Black-led businesses and organization, and Axe on Stage was an easy pick for us yeah. to invest uh, those resources into. We received it easily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we tried to make a real low barrier because you try to navigate those applications and stuff, sometimes they make it more difficult than what it has to be. Um, but yeah, um, I'm happy that you're able to join me. We're going to jump back in here. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what resources do you think are needed by others in our community to succeed in business or run an organization, et cetera? Like what, what resources do you feel like are most needed? Yeah. I mean, you already mentioned how you guys gave us some money. So, you know, 
anybody who who doesn't say money in this in a, in this question is not being honest. Um, so one, you need money. You you need money, whether it's large sums or small sums. You need you need money to do what we do. But I think um, the second thing that that we have to have is relationships, and I I think people really undervalue um, the value of relationships, and not just relationships, but relationships um, that are mutually beneficial. Right? Sometimes. Um, you can lend to somebody, and I'm not just talking about money, you can lend the value of who you are to somebody, and then sometimes they can lend that to you, right? And you don't always get to pick and choose, and it's not always you give, I give, you give. Right. Sometimes it's you give, you give, you give, and oh, now I can give. Right. Sometimes it's not equal, and it's not, um, uh, what do you, what's that word, predictable, right. how those relationships are going to fare on each other. Um, but you cannot underestimate how important um, relationships are, because you can spend a lot of time um, developing something, right? Developing a, an, an idea or a product. And then when you're ready to put that product out to the public, um, nobody knows who you are. Right. And not only do they not know who you are, they don't care. Right. Because they don't, and I'm not saying that no, to be mean, real. but they don't know who you are and they don't care about what you have to sell because they have no connection, connection to you whatsoever. Sometimes, I know this for a fact, some people um, have supported acts on stage since day one before we produced anything simply right. because they have a relationship with me or they have a relationship with Isaiah or both of us right. and not just relationship to us, but to our work. Right. Um, and they committed to be committed to us just because of that. Right. They're like, I don't know what you're going to produce, but I know it's going to be worthwhile. Right. And so I, so I think, you can't underestimate how important those relationships are. And I know that's hard for people who are like introverts and who are like just kind of just want to go. I know a lot of a lot of particularly guys in music who just want to go to their basement. Right. Or video gamers just want to be in their basement and create by themselves. Right. And then when they're ready, they want to like pop it out, you know, on the world. And I'm like, that's not how it works. You have to have relationships um, because I, I can only talk about myself so much at some point. I'm going to need you, right. I hope, to be talking about me and my work too, right? And that's double what I can do by myself. So I think that is a, a resource that is really important. I think third, um, reputation, and that kind of goes along with um, relationship. Reputation is super important. Like people need to know um, something positively reputable about you, whether that's you care about your community, whether that's you provide good services, whether that's you are on time and efficient, right. but your reputation does count as a resource. And um, I think so many times um, people want people to dismiss that. Like, it don't matter if you like me. It does, actually. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or if, even if they don't like you, they like your work. Right. So reputation, I think, um, is super important. And then the last thing I think is a resource is opportunities to um, to work your ideas, to work your product, right? Um, when I've, I used to be, I still sing, but not as much as I used to, but um, but I used to go to camps, right? And I would, um, I, I would kind of work my songs out at camp, right? Before I would come back to Seattle and like re uh, record a whole CD, um, back in the day, I know kids don't record CDs anymore. <laughs> the A track, but be right before. <laughs> but before I would come back to Seattle and spend thousands of dollars on on a CD, um, I would workshop my songs at camp 
just to make sure people liked them. I was like, I don't, because I see so many, especially young artists, you know, they get a song idea, they got 10 songs, and they immediately jump and be like, I'm going to go to the studio and record a CD. And I'm like, for what? Right. And they're like, what do you mean for what? I got good songs I want people to hear. Who? Right. Who's going to hear it? And who do you who do you know is waiting on your stuff? And how do you know your stuff is good if you haven't taken um, opportunity um, to put it out there to test and the market. test it out, test workshop that thing. And so I think those are resources and those are, are I don't know, stepping points. I think you have to consider no matter how great your product is or your services or whatever is, you have to you have to do that work. Yeah. And I want to spend a little bit of time before we jump to the next question and talk about the importance of relationships. That's mm -hmm. a key foundation, foundational pillar of Brothers United Leadership Development. Like we really rock with each other and really friends before anything else. And our community talking about Build Black Wealth, we have a lot of wealth of knowledge, resources um, <clears throat> and things like that. And a lot of times, a lot of resources that are coming out is very transactional. They're going to give you this to do yeah. that. Um, there's not a lot of resources. So we try to reframe our resources or work with folks that give us resources and be transparent and say, hey, we're going to spend time building community, building relationships um, because there's not a lot of resources. I feel like there needs to be more resources for that, just for what you're talking about. And then we then you can slow down and not get get off the transactional and get into the work that's transformational, mm -hmm. which is really about building those relationships, building that trust and that equity. Like you talked about the deposits and withdrawals. Right. It's the same thing as anything else. Mm -hmm. If you're only. Giving deposits and no withdrawals, and your 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 credits mm -hmm. it's out of whack, right? The balance, yeah. the, the accounts out of whack, mm -hmm. and but everything's not all about money. People can volunteer, people can bring food, people can watch kids, people can do arts and crafts, people can do, mm -hmm. you know, even this simple stuff. Share what people are sharing out there, mm -hmm. you know, because they know uh, what it's about, and so really, you know, making sure I I, I really agree with that, um, and. It's one of our core foundations with Build is really making sure that we're able to leverage the resources that we have in our community. And I think yeah. that's what's going to get us to Black Water. It's not this injecting. You can give us a bunch of money and we've seen the money be injected and the relationships weren't there. And then people start mm -hmm. fighting and, you know, capitalism starts kicking in its mm -hmm. mind and this and that. But if you got relationships and we feel like that could be leveraged. Yeah. And greatly. it's not always looking at people and looking at those relationships for what can you do for each other. Right. Right. But like gen just genuinely. Right having relationship with people. One of our members say the action can be distraction. Yeah. We're trying to go out and do all this stuff. Really, we are the stuff. If we really sit down and build relationships and spend time and really yeah. care about each other and love on each other, the action's going to come yeah. organically. So sometimes we just like, they got us in this mind frame of, you know, go get and then you got to do or, mm -hmm. you know, solve these problems for this little bit or whatever. Yeah. And so we really are trying to change the narrative and try to push other people because funders and stuff, they need people to do stuff. And if we tell them what we need, they're going to have to get in line. But as long as we're willing to do the dance, how they're having us dance and it's going to it's going to be more difficult to change. So I agree yeah. with you. It's not definitely it's not not building relationships to try to like, hey, I'm going to be relationship with you to get what I can get. But right. it's ultimately transactions are going to come out of it, but they're going to be more transformational because I and I know who you are. Yep. Um, I know what you're about. I know something happens or if I got to give you negative feedback, it's easier for me to give you negative feedback yeah, because we have equity in that relationship right. instead yes. of instead of it getting all funky. Right. Because right. funky stuff's going to happen. You know, we um, <clears throat> uh, when was this? I forget what month it was, but my husband and I met a couple at an event. And, um, you know, I know I won't say I know all the black people in Seattle, but I know a lot of them. Right. right. But so we were at this event and we saw this couple who I was like, I've never seen them before. And we ended up sitting next to them and just just really being just really being nice. Right. Just striking up relationships, striking up a conversation, um, come to find out that they had just moved here. I want to say maybe six months 
prior. And so they didn't they didn't have relationships yet. So the right. longer, you know, the more we found out about how new they were to this area, we were like, oh, well, give us your number. You know, get take our number. We'll tell you, you know, we'll tell you where you can find this and where you can find that. And, da, da, da. and so we just were like just being relational. Right. right. We were just like, they're new. We know how it feels to be new people in, in a new city. Right. So let's just try to be relational in a way that is just good for them, that we don't know them. We right. don't know even if there is anything that it could be transaction. We're really just going to be relational. Right. And so um, we ended up sparking a friendship with this couple. And uh, and at the, and then a couple months later, I invited them to come see the Teen Summer Musical. And when they came to see the Teen Summer Musical, they were um, just so blown away. The husband, probably more than the wife, which right. is saying a lot. Um, they were just so blown away by not just the show, but being in the room with with all the people and just all of it. Right. And so at the end of that, they came, they they called me um, after and said, um, hey, do you guys, you know, throw a party or anything for the cast? We want to help you with that. Right. Like we want to we want to extend our home to you and we want to help you. We actually want to throw the party. We want to host it. Y'all just bring the kids. Um, when I tell you that this house was amazing <laughs> and when I tell you that they hosted from top to bottom food and decorations and and so many things like so like right. way more than we could have done on right. our own for the kids. Right. And that came just because we met them. Um, we were relational with no with no agenda. With we no, were relational yeah. just to say you are new and we want to connect. You right? were being and we transformational. You were trying to write there transformational. Is, right? there, yeah. And a lot of times people are like, well, I don't really have, I don't really give myself to people. I don't really give that much energy to people if I don't know right. if we're going in the same direction. Well, you won't know until you try until you try. Or even if you're just genuinely invested in building your community in ways that have nothing to do with transactions. Right. That's real. Thank you for sharing that story. It's beautiful. Um, as an entrepreneur, what is one tip or trick that you've learned that has helped you succeed? <sighs> so I'm really afraid of the word entrepreneur. Um, if you had asked me 10 years ago, 20 years ago, especially, um, if I wanted to be an entrepreneur, I would have said absolutely not. I like somebody else being responsible for my check. <laughs> I like somebody else being responsible for my benefits. I right. like I like the security of that, even though I know now in my maturing that um, that's not guaranteed either. Any, right. any day now, somebody could come in a room and you don't have that security. Um, but I would have said 15 you know, years ago, there's no way. I don't, I don't want that. Um, and so I'm actually, I get timid really when people call me an, an entrepreneur because um, I still have some of that. Um, you know, in my in socialization, my, you've been socialized. I yeah, have, yeah. and I don't. You know, I think some of that is 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 even being a woman, right? right? Being a woman of color, um, and other things, right? Just just other ways that entrepreneur just sounds like you have to have it together, right? right. To to do that, and you have to know what you're doing, and you have to know how it all works out, and you have to right. And so, um, I so one of the things I would say to to that I've learned is you don't have to know it all. Right. Um, you just have to be committed to whatever you're committing to, right? That um, that it needs to wake you up in the morning and um, that something other than um, the, the work or the money 
or even the recognition you get right. has to motivate you, right? Because there are days, I feel all, <laughs> all emotional. There are days when um, the product and the money and even the recognition is not enough. Right. There are days. Sorry. That's real. No, that's real. There are days when you're like, it is not worth it. This is not worth it. Right. Especially we're in theater. So like we do shows like every three months. Right. And so in between those shows, there are days where you're like, who thought this was a good idea? Right. This is terrible. Right. right? Um, but um, then Tia comes to you and says, I want to trust you with my idea or I want to trust you to produce my show. Right. Or again, you meet a uh, you meet a couple that just moved here from Atlanta and they couldn't find community and you you brought them to it. You right. know what I mean? And so you have to love those parts of whatever you are entrepreneuring more than you love either the money that you hope to get or the recognition that you hope to get or just doing the work or even just being your boss. There has to be something else about it that you love more. Right. Um, and I think for me, um, I love people. I love the arts and what I believe they do. And I love um, I love how God shows up. Right. In, the, in what we do. And so that motivates me when the other stuff isn't motivating. That motivates me. Um, I think your, your actual question, I don't know how I got on that, but your actual question was what lessons have I learned? Um, I think. Some of the lessons I've learned is pay attention to the numbers, right? Um, so this is count. This is kind of counter to what I just said. So you got to know what intangibly motivates you, right? Right. But while you care about what intangibly motivates you, you have to pay attention to the numbers. Right. You have to pay attention to um, um, your budgets, right? You have to pay attention to your engagement numbers. And what I mean by that is. If at an if you throw an event and only ten people come, um, you have to own, and you meant for a hundred people to come. Right. You have to own only ten people came, and you have to figure out why. Right. The numbers don't lie, right? On the on the on the other side too, if you threw an event and you expected a hundred people to come, but eight hundred people came, that number don't lie either. Right. And you need to ask yourself why was that so successful? Why did that work? Um, and you have to ask yourself also, why didn't something work? Um, we had we did the Teen Summer Musical um, a few months ago, and those numbers were not as good as I wanted them to be. And as the thing about Teen Summer Musical is like warm and fuzzy, right. like everybody feels good about Teen Summer Musical. Like when you go and you see these kids performing, and you see what's going on, and you have you know that debrief afterwards, it's all good. It's all wonderful. But I have to look at that number, too. That right. number was not right. Or that number was not the goal. Why not? Right. And you have to be honest about that. On the flip side, you look at Tia's show, and it was more than we expected. Right. Okay, we got to look at that number. What did we do right? What, like, what worked that we want to do again? And so I think, as a, I think one of the things that I'm learning as an entrepreneur is you got to pay attention to the numbers. Um, all the other things I said, relationships, reputation, good product, good service, all that, all that stuff matters. But the thing that I'm learning most about the business of entrepreneurship um, is you got to pay attention to the numbers. The numbers do not lie. Yeah, I would agree. The administrative pieces, that's looking at the data, yeah. process improvement, mm -hmm. budgets, taxes, making sure, yeah. making sure you're crossing T's dotting your I's. Yeah. Um, 
But give yourself some grace. We're coming out of COVID. Yeah. You know, so, you know, people are trying to figure out how to get out and move around and all that. So, you know, I went to the Stern Musical. I went to it twice. It was dope. Yeah. It, was, it was a good, good. It's always going to be dope. Good, warm and fuzzy. <laughs> it is. So, yeah, it was, it was Even dope. Even for grown men, it's, it's a good time. It yeah. is. So what's the best advice you could give someone who's just trying to get started in organizing or community or business? Like, what's the, I mean, I think you shared some beautiful yeah, gems already, so. but. Oh, man. Um, the best advice I can give. I mean, I feel like I've shared some of those things already. I would, I would say support other people is a, is a, is another piece of advice. Don't be so just into your thing. Um, that's that, that, that that's the only time people see you. Right. Um, uh, but I was, yeah, I would say support other people. And then I, and then I, I think I would say too, when people come to say they want to support you, um, believe them. Right. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, we, 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 we get humble and, or, or we pretend to be humble. And when people come along and say, I want to support you, you know, you kind of like, ah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, you just kind of, kind of shoo it off. Um, but if people come to you and say that they want to support you, um, own that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like own that. And it, and you might not know how to utilize them in that moment, um, but hold tight to that. Like hold on to that. And 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 as things come up, know that there are people who want to support you. Who want to, that's honestly how Acts on Stage got here. Right. Somebody came along to me and said, I see what you do. I see the work that you do. I see the way that you work. I see the way that people engage you. I see the way that you engage people, right? And honestly, this is a lot of people don't know the Axon State story, but in short, somebody came along to me and said, um, if you had funding, what would you do? Um, and I was like, why are you even asking me that? And they're like, because I see you and I see what you do and I see how you do it. And I see how people respond and I see what you connect yourself to. And I see how you I see how you do, how you how you move. Um, and I have the capacity um, to underwrite that. Um, and honestly, Dre, when they first came to me, I was like, well, what do you want me to do? He's like, I don't not I don't want to tell you what I want you to do. Mm. I want to know what you want to do. And I threw it off. I just, I was like, and if you can't tell me exactly what you're going to get me this money for, right. if you can't tell me exactly what's going down, then I'm good. I'm going to stay at my secure job right. at the university. I'm good. And it took two years. It took two years for me to take him seriously, for, for me to take that offer seriously to the point that I had to, I woke up one night, woke up in the middle of the night and I say it was the Holy Spirit. Really, I was pissed. And I and I was I felt like I was angry and I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, why am I angry? Like what what am I angry about? And I I, I know this is not the show, but let me just say it. I just have to say it the no, way no, I mean it. I woke up one night um and I I had on what I felt like was a spirit of anger. I just woke up in the middle of the night and I was just mad. And I was like, what am I mad about? Like who pissed me off today that I didn't check? Right. I was like, well, like what what moment went unchecked? Right. What what didn't I do today? Like, why am I so angry? And I'm not an angry person. So for me to sort of feel like I woke up angry, it was like, this is different. And I just asked God, I was like, what's going on? Like, why? And I eventually fell back asleep. And when I woke back up later that same morning, I know it was the Holy Spirit said to me, um, you have known what you want to do your whole life. You have known what your dream job is your whole life. And I was like, absolutely. And I, I even said what that job was, and it was to be 
a founder and executive director of a theater. Mm. And um, and I was like, okay. And the Holy Spirit to me said, um, so why, when I sent somebody to help you, do you keep telling them you don't know when you do know? Right. And I literally had to got on my phone right that second. I called the person who had been chasing me for two years. I called that person. I said, I'm so sorry. I think I just finally got what I might have should have got two years ago. I think I just finally got it. So can we re-engage that conversation? And within um, six months, Axon Stage, largest big investment was made and we were able to start. Um, and so I would, I would just say to people, I don't even know what the question was. I just feel like that was important to share. I just feel like when people come along and say they believe in you and they want to support you, um, believe in that. Right. That's not People don't have to do that. The same way nobody has to follow you on Instagram. Right. Believe that. If somebody does, believe that. Right. So before we end, I want you to share how folks can get in contact with you and the amazing work you're doing acts on stage. We're definitely got it in the description. As you know, with theater and everything else, people yep. connect and receive information different ways. So yeah. I want you to have an opportunity to share that. Absolutely. The simplest way is to go to our website, actsonstage.com, A-C-T-S, onstage.com. And then you can find all of our other socials. We're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We're on Twitter, but we don't really tweet that much. Um, Twitter's falling apart now by an entrepreneur. I was going to say, I don't even think I want that Twitter life at this point. Um, so don't find us on Twitter. Just find us, honestly, on Instagram and Axe on Stage. I mean, and uh, Facebook. And um, and then come see a show. We're, we're, we have a building in White Center, Seattle. Um, come see a show. Get on our mailing list and find out about our shows and then come through. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Again, thank you for being part of our community and the community. Once again, everybody, this is Dre with the Bill Black Wealth Podcast. Until next time, peace. content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.